stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. And welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships as sisters. I am Christine. And I'm Regina. So, Christine, you have become quite the uh, TikTok star. TikTok. I know. I'm a TikTok partner. Oh, my goodness. I started TikTok, which is something I did not think another thing I didn't think 2020 would include, but (laughs) I'm part of their creative learning fund, which is to help bring creators onto the platforms because they want to evolve their content. And they're bringing me on and amongst other creators to kind of provide educational and motivational type of content that's digestible. So for me, I was like, I re- I mean, I was telling Regina, I was like really nervous and my first initial gut reaction was like, uh, I don't know if this is just me, tr- is this going to be me trying too hard or trying to do something that's like not me? Mm-hmm. But then the more that I learned about the program and what they were trying to do, also just coming from a place of, okay, I want to learn and I'm always just trying to grow. I really grounded myself in like the intention of no matter what I'm doing, whether it's with like my clients or on PIP or, you know, at a speaking event, it really is just to connect to more people and make people feel less alone. And I feel like with TikTok, that's such a great way to connect with people that a lot of people who are on TikTok and, you know, maybe that one person can watch one of my videos and just feel like, oh, cool, she gets me. Yeah, this is very hip and trendy of you. But I definitely think that, you know, with a lot of these kind of social media apps and things like that, it always starts off with like the fun, the entertaining, the short, like cut scream type videos like that Jenna Marbles made like a compilation of. But then it eventually can expand and grow into more meaningful content, which is what I feel like YouTube has done and Twitter and like, you know, all these social media apps that I feel like we saw the birth of that have now like evolved into these platforms that people can like really rely on as a source of inspiration or comfort and things like that. And, you know, I've seen a couple people who are in the self-help realm, like take a stab at it. And it's really awesome to see that very complex ideas being created into these like digestible forms of content. Yeah. And honestly, it's been a challenge that I I like I'm very long-winded I know by now you guys know this because you guys have listened to me talk for like 70 something episodes so to say what I have to say in a minute or less oh my god (laughs) it's such a struggle but it's a good learning opportunity because not everything needs to be so long-winded or explained Mm -hmm. that's something I found a good challenge and also editing Mm. video editing content I mean so much props to Regina who has her own YouTube channel you know, being at Wang Fu as well as having my own XOXO Christine show at Wang Fu, like being in front of camera is not easy. Yeah, it's nerve wracking. And then I think that like the minute you realize you're recording yourself or I don't know, like a podcast is completely different because I can be looking in all sorts of directions. Yeah. And as long as I'm like right now, I'm talking with my hands and I'm like moving them a lot. Yeah. And that's OK because you guys <laughs> 
can't see how crazy I look. But when I'm in front of a camera, I'm kind of like, oh, I looked away too long. Or you start thinking about your actions and then less about what you're saying. And then sometimes if you focus too much on your saying, you're like, oh my God, I'm not smiling enough. I'm not enthusiastic enough. And it's, it's definitely a process. There's a lot. There's because obviously when you consume content visually, there's a lot to think about in terms of what you're wearing. Lighting is a huge thing, so you you can't record at night, or I guess you can, but it just doesn't look that good. There's just a lot more things to consider. Mm-hmm. So even for my first video I posted for TikTok, I was gesturing four things that you can do, and I was doing it with my hands, and then like every single time I would point off screen, I'd be like number one, and my fingers off screen. I'm like, damn it, <laughs> <laughs> like things like that, right? And I'm yeah. like, oh, what am I trying to say so it's a process but if you guys are interested in life coaching tips and also encouragements and just watching me (laughs) learn on a whole new platform you can follow me at xoxo christine chen and if you're not already like follow regina and her youtube channel yeah if you guys ever want to check out my youtube videos it's youtube.com slash regina fang so with that said what are we talking about today Today, we have something very exciting. We wanted to start this new segment called Sister Advice. If you guys haven't already, we started a newsletter where we have already included a section called Sister Advice. So be sure to subscribe to that. Um, But we wanted to kind of incorporate that Q&A-esque like Sister Advice section into the podcast as well. And this is like a fun way for us to be able to connect with you guys. We're going to be recording them once a month, more so in real time than we do with our regular episodes. Once a month, we will be picking a theme that we will collect questions about and pick and choose some of the questions to answer from you guys. Yay! So this month's theme is identity. And the reason why we chose identity is because, you know, May is Asian Pacific Heritage Month as well as Mental Health Awareness Month. <laughs> Just a mouthful. Of stuff. It's a mouthful. I can never remember the acronym. I know. I I've said this many times, but I would say Asian Awareness Month is how I combine the two. (laughs) (laughs) We are here. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, this is at the forefront of our minds, and we wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were as well as your questions and concerns. And you guys submitted a lot of great questions, a lot of which we've talked about in last year's episode that we did about identity. And it is episode number 44, Who Am I? So if you guys want to listen back to that, we talk about cultural barriers growing up Asian, growing up American, finding that disconnect with your parents. How do you meet in the middle? And who are you? You know, and how do you find yourself? Those are things that we dive in deeper about. But for today, we picked two questions that we feel that you guys out there may also be thinking about and have questions about. The first question is from Flus.v. She's asking about how she's suffering from loss of identity because she's been trying to fit into the norm, quote unquote, her parents' expectations. And how will we go about finding and identifying who you are? For me personally, so much of who our parents are and how they brought us up plays into our identity up until we are aware of it. A lot of it is subconscious, like what we think, how we see the world, what we pursue. A lot of it is conditioned by our parents. And until you get to some point of your life, most of the time, a grown adult, and you've had your own life experiences and journeys outside of your parents, you start developing opinions and goals of your own. And for a lot of us, it happens 
way before that too but we just don't know how to express it the right way and we feel conflict because we're like I don't think this is what I'm supposed to think because my parents are pushing back so hard and they're telling me that this is the only way to be successful or this is the only route for me you know it's hard to to battle that so this is where I've learned to find the balance which is there's truth to both sides there is definitely honor from where we come from like our heritage traditions and our people and you know they're a huge part of what makes us us it plays into why we think things are important the values we uphold and how we see the world right but then there's also this other side where times change and we are part of this like new period of time societal norms change and they change for a reason for me it's coming from a point where you take the lessons that life teaches you and it teaches you personally you're going through that for a reason it's giving you perspective and insight in ways that you were never exposed to before you're the conflict that you're feeling is normal the best thing that you can do is to just be open to hearing other perspectives and stories because with context and backstories, it can help debunk stereotypes and assumptions, a lot of which are pushed on us as minorities and women. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that culture is a huge part of like who we are, but I also think that in today's modern age, it's kind of like picking and choosing to work in a more efficient way, right? Like I do think that uh, for me, there's a lot of great things about my Chinese culture and heritage and traditions and things like that. But I also think that not all of it is applicable to our daily lives now. And I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, for me, when I went to college in New York, it was my first time making decisions without being like, hey, mom, is this okay? Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, is should I do this? Like, I would still do that as a check-in, but it wasn't, I wasn't completely reliant on them to make my own decisions. And I think that that's when I really was able to understand like what worked for me and what doesn't. That made me really appreciate the lessons that I learned from my parents from an outside perspective, (laughs) because I think that when you're living under the same house as them, abiding by their every rule, it feels more like a chore and you're just kind of like, okay, well, this is just what they want from me. Right. But when you're really able to like escape that and make decisions for yourself and embrace and change and kind of like evolve those lessons to adapt to your own personality, like I think that that's where the beauty blooms and grows of, you know, who you become. Right. I completely agree. It's with that conflict and that friction that helps you expand more as a person what you thought was law and rigid and truth a lot of times when someone comes in with their own story or perspective and why if you are open up to that you get to take in things that you never knew and can really honestly change how you see the world mm-hmm. so here's some things that i've learned how to communicate with my parents when we disagree and hopefully you guys might find some of this helpful for me first is I take in what they're really trying to say. So when we're arguing or sharing different opinions, like I try to read in between the lines, which can be hard at the moment because sometimes they're saying it in a really mean way or they're like criticizing you and you're already just shut off to what they have to say. But if you really just try to read in between the lines, so for example, if they're pushing you to get married like now and they're like, oh my God, if you don't get married, no one will want you. Look at you. Look at the way you live. Oh my God, you know? perhaps (laughs) that's so real (laughs) (laughs) right it comes from a real place i know you know if you think about it like what they're really trying to say is you know i want you to be safe 
and taken care of Mm -hmm. so you can live a happy life. I would say that 90%, even though 90% of the time, that's what they're really trying to say and that's (laughs) their goal, but they don't say it like that, obviously. It just comes off way more aggressive than need be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. With context, that's how they were probably told when they were growing up and you're disgusting go get married now (laughs) yeah you're old no one will want you in a year look at you you're so unsuccessful (laughs) something that can help to that is if you take that energy you just focus focus on they want you to live a happy life right take that energy and try to share your thoughts as true to yourself as possible because i know it's easy to get defensive and triggered in that state i mean obviously for me i would always be super sensitive about my skin around my mom because she always pointed out when, you know, I'm tired or I have pimples or whatever. And then so I would immediately want to be defensive and be like, oh my God, what does that have to do with getting a husband? You don't even know. This is, you know, I just go on and on and on too. But if you come with that energy, they for sure will escalate it. That is something that you can probably count on, right? And we've experienced that many times. And you're probably thinking like, why is it on me? Why do I have to be the bigger person? Mm -hmm. But to be real, I just think that a lot of us are just more, I hate to say like it's cliche, but I think we're just more woke. And we know that this isn't the relationship that we want with our parents. It's not healthy. Mm -hmm. We know that it's not healthy. But to them, I think a lot of them don't know that. And even if they Mm -hmm. do, they just are too stubborn to try anything different or to learn anything different. So if you want a better relationship with your parents and you want to be able to share your opinion without them dragging you for it, then, you know, it is kind of on us to initiate that change. Yeah. And then if they do get mad and there's no coming back from it, then try to get to a calm state and say like, you know, this is not helpful for either of us and just walk away. And the very last thing is you have to do this. Remind yourself that you are a good daughter or son, regardless of how mad they are, the different goals that you have that you're not going to do what they tell you to do. You're still a good daughter and son. Yeah. I mean, I totally love what you said about that. And like, I think that one of the things too, we have to accept with the cultural differences that come with between like being a first gen Asian American and our parents is that, you know, kind of what you were saying earlier, that was the way that they were talked to as children. And so that's why we're being talked to in that similar or if not same manner. And I think that too, we are very blessed to kind of reach that level of self-actualization where we realize like, hey, these conversations are counterproductive and like this tone that we have with one another is rude and condescending. Like, I think that our parents didn't have that pleasure of you know, being able to go after their dreams or going after what they want, or they were always focused on stability and like what makes most sense. I think that when they look at us and we want to do other things that are not as, you know, that don't follow that trajectory of like, oh, this is stable income that we can rely on. They don't understand it. Or like the concept of that is just very different for them. In order to kind of separate yourself from your parents, you have to understand that the way that you approach things are also different, you know, using that as an example. Definitely had so many conversations, like even our conversation about like politics and parents. Oh gosh. (laughs) Exactly. Christine's rolling her eyes because we could really get into this, but bottom line is that like from my perspective sometimes getting into politics with parents or family members just isn't worth it because of that cultural gap 
of like not really being able to see each other eye to eye. And so in these instances, it's like, all right, you do have to be that bigger person to be like, let's just leave it as it is and just move forward and like talk about it in a way that we can both manage. Well, I think communication is really important. And just to keep in mind that, you know, if you want a better relationship with your parents, it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like, you're not going to get it right the first time. So if you stay committed to it and you slowly change your energy and your mindset, your parents will feel that energy shift. Because, again, you won't be as defensive. It's not the point isn't to be right. You know, I think a lot of times in Asian culture is like, I have to be right because I am your Mm -hmm. mother. I'm your dad. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, no, you're not right. You know, you're actually being very ignorant right now. Mm -hmm. But it's not about being right. And if you just focus on you guys just both want each other to live the happiest life that they can. And sometimes with that, it is just being able to let go and just be like, I don't agree with you. And if that makes you happy, then okay, live your life. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So the reason why we're only doing two questions is because we get really long winded. So (laughs) (laughs) we gave ourselves a time limit. (laughs) The second question is from Miss Linnikin. Do I try to fit in or accept that I have a mixed culture along with my mixed race? Mm. I am not of mixed race, but I am a team 100%. Wait, I am 100% team accept. Accept your culture, accept your legacy, accept your ancestors, accept all of that because that is what makes you you. Like it affects how you think, how you act, you know, how you are. And I feel like if you try to fit into that box of what you think other people want you to be, you're not really being authentic to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what is so great about today's society. It's that we're like this hodgepodge of like all these different cultures and experiences and things like that. Like I personally identify so much as Asian and American, not one over the other. Mm. And it was actually really interesting because like last summer when I went to go visit my cousin in Paris, um, I met one of her friends who had moved from China to France at the age of eight. And when I asked her like, oh, hey, if someone were to ask you what you are, she's like, oh, I would be French. And that was like so mind boggling to me because I think I do understand that like this idea of like dual culturalism is like very American, but it was so interesting to me that she was like a Chinese person in France, but she identified with that country. Like, I don't think that I would be able to be like, I am only American because so much of like my home environment and my parents' story and struggles and things like that become, are so much of like who I am. And I think that the first time I ever struggled with accepting the fact that I'm Asian American was when I was in college and I was thrusted into this community where everybody was majority white and a lot of people had grown up in like Christian households and homes and schools. And I just felt like such an outsider. I was just like, I don't understand. I never felt so singled out. Like I remember using chopsticks to eat dinner and my roommate thought that was strange or like, you know, I tied up my hair in a bun and she was like, oh, haha, look, my, my roommate looks like Mulan. Mm. And it was just so like shocking to me for the first part of like freshman year, I really did try to blend in. At the time, I was super into K-pop. And so like, I wouldn't listen to K-pop music out loud. I'd listen to it with my headphones on. And I was like almost embarrassed 
to show that mm-hmm. side of me. Mm-hmm. But later on, I was kind of like, you know what? This isn't authentic to me. And this makes my whole experience like not fun. So like, why hide it? And so I remember I got like one of those like flip cell phones, like the LG ones that like lit up that was in like the K-pop videos. And this girl on campus saw it and she was like, oh my God, is your phone like, I, I don't know, like the one that Big Bang used or someone mm-hmm. and I was like it is and I immediately bonded with that girl and I ended up going on like a missions trip to Korea to teach English because I met her through that one experience mm-hmm. that experience wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't like embraced the things that I was interested in and things like that and I also feel like when you're true to yourself the people who like those same things or accept those things will also kind of like flock to you you know even though I was like really really stubborn about hanging out with like the Asians on campus eventually you know i met some people of other races where like we really learned to embrace each other's cultures like they wanted to go and get milk tea with me and i wanted to go and try ethiopian food with them you know like i think that that's what i like and i think that the people who are closed-minded will kind of stay in those closed-minded communities but if you are able to find the people who are interested in your culture and you can share that with them and you're interested in their culture and you, they can share that with you. Like that is the beauty of what living in America can be like. Mm. So I definitely really, really love it when people embrace their cultures and themselves and their heritage, because that's what makes the world a better place. And I think I really do think that that's where like globalization is heading towards, even though we still see a lot of discrimination, especially during this strange time, like it is frustrating to focus and see those things still happening, but I do think that we're moving forward and we're moving in a good direction. And, you know, it's really, really awesome to see the celebration of Asian heritage, Asian Pacific American mm-hmm. Heritage Month. There it is. Yeah, there it is. To be celebrated more and more every year and to see our other Asian brothers and sisters really standing up for this inequality and like discrimination, especially during this COVID time. So I I don't know. I feel like every year it's exciting to see more Asian Americans like standing up and like really rooting for us. Um, and it makes me like embrace that more and makes me love my culture even more because we are so unique and that's just that's that's part of who we are so (laughs) i i definitely think that you should embrace it and if anything like you know dig deeper into those different heritages you know during this time too like we're home all the time and so i feel like i've really gotten to ask my parents a lot of questions that i wouldn't have otherwise have the time for and it's fascinating you know learning about their childhoods and their uh, like young adulthoods back in China because then now I'm able to see too like oh this is why they teach me to wash things a certain way or cook things a certain way or do things a certain way because that's what they were taught and that's what they had to do back then so yeah I love embracing my culture and I feel like it took me years to get here but now I like fully embrace it and love it because it's so much a part of who I am uh, yeah, I think it's so well said. And I think, I mean, you could tell in the way that you, you talk about it, like, <laughs> you're beaming right now. And I think that's the, really the result of getting to a place where you are proud of who you are. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to apologize, nor do you have to explain. And I think the world constantly is making us justify who we are and yeah. prove yourself again mm-hmm. and again. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a place where you're like, you know what, it doesn't matter because how I got here to this point is 
from the sacrifice and the hard work of the people before me that got me here. And it's my job to do better. And I will. Taking everything that is true, that is honorable, that is me, and moving forward with that to help the next generation. That's mm-hmm. where, you know, we can connect as human beings. With race and identity, I think there's a fine balance between not boxing yourself into what you think you should be and just letting yourself explore that, what it means. And that also includes like personality and all that. You're like, oh, I'm the funny friend. I'm the one that's really smart. And you feel like if I don't honor that or I don't prove that constantly, then who am I? But that's not really you. Like you're not just a smart person. We're very complex human beings, like Regina said, right? Mm -hmm. So in that, it's in discovering what that means you learn more and more about what came before you in your family and you learn to appreciate the value of it. You know, when before it was either you didn't know or you dismissed it, you know, like, oh, immigrant parents, they just, they came over here, whatever. But like really putting yourself in their shoes of moving away from their parents, starting a whole new life, becoming moms and dads at a young age, starting a whole new life in a whole new country, learning to speak the language, like, To me, when I go back to visit Taiwan, I'm like, uh, where's the bathroom, you know? And I'm more like, just like, (laughs) not confident about that. But then our parents built a whole life here. I think in that sense, you get to see Mm -hmm. like, and you see it in Regina too. It's like, you really get to appreciate all the things that you have. And I know there's that balance of respecting your parents for doing that, but also honoring yourself. I think that's part of the process where helping your parents realize that that's just part of the journey. They actually learn to become their own people outside of their parents. Mm-hmm. Some, I mean, some of them are still very yeah. obedient kids, right? <laughs> but in that sense, it's like, yeah, you got to go out and spread your wings and figure it out for yourself. And that's just part of the journey. There will be mm-hmm. ups and downs, but that all helps you fly higher and further. Yeah. Ah, love that. I don't know. I feel like I definitely feel like the older I've gotten, the more proud I have been of like my identity and like what all the pieces that that entails. Love having these like kinds of conversations around identity because it's different for everyone. You know, however long it takes you to embrace that or find what works for you, take the time to do that. And also keep in mind, it's a ever growing and evolving process. Like, just take a look at who you were even two years ago. You know, you're not the same person. Mm -hmm. The different roles that you take on and the different life experiences, you're going to learn and identify with other things and just keep an open mind. Yeah. Oh, this was so fun to answer your guys' questions and really, like, hear what your guys' thought process is. Because I think a lot of the time, Christine and I will just be like, okay, well, I think that this is a topic that they want to hear. But to have you guys directly ask the questions like it's so much fun to be able to connect with you guys on that level yeah honestly a lot of you guys that has submitted questions or comments and all of that really tagged on from previous episodes so it kind of continues the conversation Mm -hmm. a lot of times yeah me and regina will release an episode and we're like we look at each other we're like cool (laughs) you know and then so it's nice to hear what you guys think and your thoughts and your questions adding on to that and that actually gives us more things to consider as we record 
Yeah. So we hope you guys loved this new segment we're doing called Sister Advice. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at perfectly.imperfect.podcast, where we will be posting the question sticker and the theme once a month. So you guys can submit your questions and then we can answer them in a future episode. Yay. So it's like we're having a conversation with you. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. So, oh, 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 oh